Welcome to the How to Be Awesome at Your Job podcast, the show where brilliant professionals share how to sharpen the universal skills required to flourish at work. Enjoy more career fun, wins, meaning, and money with your host, Pete Mikaitis. Okay, well, once again, I am super excited to introduce our next guest. It is Gina Murata. And I met her randomly at the bar Pops for Champagne when I had some guests in from out of town. And before we knew it, uh, she'd struck up a conversation with us. She was firing icebreakers at us. And we've stayed in touch all this time. So she's a lot of fun. She has a real knack for being intuitive and, and getting it with people. So uh, it's going to be pretty cool. She's got some great nuggets associated with finding your genius. And along those lines, she shared some uh, particularly valuable pieces associated with the value, actually, that's hiding within the, the frustration you experience when you're working with other people, as well as how to stay uh, consistently performing well uh, in the groove in your genius zone and about the career-enhancing power of play. To check out all this good stuff in a visual format, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP4. That's letters E-P, Arabic numeral four. So here's Gina's story. Gina Murata loves work and wants you to as well. She's a thought leader and strategic guide around what she believes is the most essential element for work to be fun, fulfilling, and fruitful. Knowing and expressing one's inner genius. She spends her days writing, speaking, and counseling around genius to help people uncover and step into their most natural talents and the work they were born to do. She is lovingly known as the genius guru. And here's Gina. Okay, and we're on. Gina, thanks so much for joining us here in our home where the Christmas tree is still up. Uh, it's so great. I'm looking right at the tree with a beautiful angel on top. So we, we keep it festive. We keep it festive. Yes. So, well, I'm so excited to dig in. You, you talk a lot about finding your genius. And so I'd first like to hear a little story about how you came to, to find your genius and what that means for you, I guess, as a term uh, in the course of your, in your business, as well as just for you personally. Yeah. So the beginning of finding my genius starts as me about 10 years ago, laying in the fetal position in my shower crying because I didn't want to go to work. Oh, that's dramatic. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And it, it, I had been a rising star lawyer. I had great opportunity. I was in a wonderful firm with great people. And the truth is, I was getting to a point that I did not want to go to work anymore. It's because something inside of my heart and my soul was calling to me, saying that I was not going down the right path for me. And so beginning there, I started taking steps to inquire, who am I? What do I really want to do in my life? Which I think we all do at some point. But for me, it really became about career and finding that right direction. And it started at that moment. And I did make a career pivot at that time. Uh, not immediately. It took about a year. Uh, and then I made another career pivot to starting my own business, which is what I do now. And as I created this business about finding your genius, I've really looked at my own path of discovering my own and what are the steps that I've taken. And that's what I now teach others about. So finding your genius sounds like a cool, good thing to have. I'd like to have my genius going for me. But can you tell us sort of why in sort of practical terms, what are the benefits of, of having that going for you? Yeah. So I've got three 
to share with the audience. So one, uh, finding your genius is going to really help you understand who you are and what matters to you so that in your career, you are not in a reactive state, you are in a proactive state. You know who you are, you know what your best skills are, and you know where you want to go. The second point would be Knowing your genius will really make you marketable to the right people. So in your career, you may seek promotions. You may seek a new job. You may switch companies. And if you know who you are and what you want, great. Now you bring that into your resume. You bring that into the companies that you're examining or the positions that you're looking at. And again, you're in the driver's seat of your career and you're making choices on what is most in alignment with who you are. And then number three, which all of this leads to, is if you are working from your genius, that ensures you're going to enjoy your work Mm -hmm. because you're going to be doing what is most fun and easy to you. And it's not going to feel hard the way some people traditionally talk about work being so hard. Albert Einstein has a really great quote about genius. And he said the following, He said, everyone is a genius, but if you judge a fish by its ability to climb a tree, it will spend its life believing it's stupid. All right. Yeah. So basically, a lot of people are doing work in areas that feel hard because it's just not their thing. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Certainly. If I somehow got into computer programming as my career, that would have probably been really hard. Right. Right. That wasn't just my natural talents and what eased out. I actually started in college as an accounting major. And I got clear by the end of college, I mean, that was my degree, that I was like, this is not going to be me and the direction I want to go with my life. It's not my personality. Oh, oh, lovely. So... Well, I'd like to hear some some perspective on that. So in, in practice, when you work with a lot of different clients, you're figuring some things out, you're doing some, I imagine, some introspection, some brainstorming, some hard-hitting questions. Could you maybe give us a sample of, of some of that? Or or what are the things folks need to, to think through to, to find that genius? Hmm. Well, so most of the people I work with are... They're in a job that they have a sense of what they're good at. Mm -hmm. Uh, They've gone down a path to assess some level of skill, achieve some level of success. But now the question becomes, am I really on the right path? And so there becomes this question of a greater self-discovery and what they want to learn about themselves. So I take people through a process of uncovering what is their genius. And simply put, one of the best ways I describe it is it's it's your natural born talents mm-hmm. and what is fun and easy for you. Now, okay. yeah. Now, some of us are connected to that and some of us aren't. Yeah. So when I ask, if I ask you, what is just fun and easy? What do you love doing more than anything in your work? What would you say? That's fun. Well, I was about to say in your work because I mean, I, was like, I guess some of those things can you get paid for and some of those things you can't. And, right? and that's fine. You'd have you know, passions and interests and, and things you do to recharge and rejuvenate outside. So for me... I'd say, well, it's funny, ever since I was a kid, I've always loved, uh, I remember going to the Danville Public Library with my dad, and I would read all kinds of books about success, goal setting, leadership, communication, influence, and, and all this stuff. Wait, now how old were you? I was about 12. Yes. Okay. <laughs> that's not something a lot of 12-year-olds that's do. true. And that's a really good age to look at, Pete. What yeah. you were doing there, doesn't that totally set you up for what you were creating as your career? 
Oh, it, it sure does. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. So that's the stuff we want to look for. And you may not know that out the gate in your career, how it kind of ties back. You might need a few years in, five years in, 10 years in to really be like, oh my gosh, I was doing this as a child. That's what I loved. No, that's fantastic. So, so that's kind of one indicator, one nice little clue. Yes. Uh, what are some of the other big ones? So a fun one. This one um, has people always kind of be like, hmm, really? So one way to indicate what your genius is is to notice where you get really frustrated with other people. Mm. In other words, okay. the, here's why. Okay, here's why. It's, it's, you get frustrated in certain moments where you're looking at people behaving in a certain way or not understanding how to do something that you know really well. You have a unique understanding of. Okay. Okay? You may not know that you have this unique understanding, but you do. Yeah. You're frustrated with other people. I see. So it's kind of like I'm so naturally gifted at something yes. that it seems like no big deal to me. Yes. Thusly, I'm like, what's your problem, guy? It's exactly it. Okay. That's the reaction you want to look for when you see you. that in other people. So, you know, it's, it's kind of funny when you turn it around, right? And you're just like, wait a minute, wait a minute. In this moment, I can actually discern something that has to do with my genius because there's something I know here that this person doesn't know. Oh, that's fun. Oh, keep it coming. What else? Okay, let's see. So what's another one I want to give you? Oh, this is another great one. So who are your role models? Okay. Okay, so can I play with you on this one for a minute? All right, this is good. So Pete, who are some of your favorite role models? Well, first I'm going to have to think of Jesus. Okay. You know, good Catholic boy. Yes. And then I'd say... Well, uh, Maui is one of my role models. He's the first guest on the on the podcast. He gives me a lot of cool perspective. Say a little bit of, about him. Okay, sure. Well, Maui, it's fun that listeners have heard a little about him. Maui is, well, he's had an inspiring story, first of all, okay. you know, in terms of being very resilient and coming from a, a refugee camp to the United States and then mm-hmm. and then prevailing. So I, I, that, that's one thing that's just a source of inspiration, as, as well as a reminder to, to be grateful. You know, he said, I feel like I won the lottery just being here. And so, so that's one thing. It's great perspectives. Like, put it, put it in its place, and be grateful and for for all the many blessings that we really do have. We're, we're quite fortunate to even have the capacity to listen to a podcast. It means a lot of things are going pretty right uh, in in our world. So, so there's that, and it just has a good sense of being very generous and serving. And he's seems like he has turned down opportunities to cash in uh, on some things because of you know, people he knows or things he can do. And so I like that. He he's, has high integrity and he's thinking, is this something that is, is actually helpful for people and, and provides you know, value well in excess of, of what it costs? So I like that he's uh, generous in, in that sense and, and focused. And he's just darn good. He's just highly competent at, at what he's doing. Yeah, so Pete, as I asked you that, now something that might be interesting for you to reflect on is how are the things that you said about him, how do you see those in yourself? Well, I like to hope that I do those things. Yes. Those things, yeah. Yeah, so we admire in other people qualities that we hold dear, that are important to us, and that we want to bring forth in ourselves. We admire people who have a similar essence to our own. Mm-hmm. And so Essence. when, yes. And so when you want to understand your genius, looking at those who you admire would be a way to know what is part of your genius. So you as a business person, we know what you do professionally, but what I feel like you've revealed here are some of the values that you really hold in how you do business. 
Yeah. And that may be something to consider at some point. This viewer client, I would coach you. Mm -hmm. uh, at some point, maybe not necessarily today, but at some point that might get baked into your business model because this is a part of something that you have held so closely, you have held so dear that you may bring out into the world and show others how you do it. Okay, I like that. Uh, so, so that's interesting. And so it seems like once we get a pretty clear map of these sorts of things, which you're naturally good at, what you admire, and what you're, you're frustrated when you see the, the absence of, then I guess the next step is probably matching up opportunities yes. and to, to do that, whether it's in your, your work or your play or your, your friendships and such. So, so that's, that sounds great and, and worthwhile, doing some deep reflection. I guess what I'm thinking about, maybe it's like your micro-genius, is, is I feel like, and maybe this is just the human condition, <laughs> there's nothing that could be done about it, but I have some days where I am just rocking and rolling, I feel efficient and productive. I feel funny and witty and insightful. And I could, I could cruise through 10-hour-long coaching clients. And I feel like I, I'm genuinely enjoying every one of them, connecting with people, having fun with it. And then other times, it just feels like a slog. Even yeah. if I'm doing objectively the same stuff, it's like I, I'm not in the groove. I'm not in, yes. in the zone. And, I, and I'm thinking, did I sleep enough? But yeah, I did. Did I, did I eat a healthy breakfast? Well, yeah, I did. And, and so it's it's a little bit mysterious. So I'd love it if, if you have anything to say about how could we kind of hit the genius zone uh, more often day yeah. in, day out? So that's a really great question, Pete. And so you're talking about a, an area where you know it's your, ze your genius zone, mm -hmm. right? You're doing the activities that you know you love, but you have days that you struggle and it doesn't feel so easy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So that's what you're talking about. Absolutely. And you, I love where you started. You said, well, I asked myself about my own self care, right? Mm -hmm. Did I sleep enough? Did I eat right? Because those are really important parts. So that would be the first thing I would say to people okay. is like, number one, are you burned out? Are you um, in some way overgiving? Uh, it's not just sleep and eat. It's like, have you, did you just get through a 10 day run of like not taking a day off, not having any rest right. or play, right? So that would be the first place I would say to take a look. If you, if that doesn't reveal some sort of a clear, oh, okay, now I know what I need to do. I needed to rest a little more or play a little more. If that doesn't reveal itself to you, the next year I would look is, so part of being on the path of living in your genius zone is you're going to grow and expand, yeah. Okay. And so it doesn't mean like, oh, life is just fun and easy all the time because I'm working in my genius. You're going to face challenges. You're going to face difficult days because they're presenting you with opportunities to grow and to get better and to master, be more masterful. Yeah. I'm trying to think of an example for you. So, so in growing in your genius, let's say you're starting something that, uh, or let's say you're doing the same thing, right? Because that's the example you gave. You're doing the same thing that you've done before. Okay. And you're finding yourself tired or not energized for it. It could be a signal, for example, that you're meant to put in some more expansion for yourself. Like you right now are starting a new podcast, right? That's yeah. a new piece of your business where you're growing and expanding. That what you did before was the same and steady and you're good at it, but you're meant to go up a notch, to go okay. up to the next level. And so that would be the next place I would look. Is like, what, what am I being shown here about the possibility to grow and expand? And if I've mastered one level, maybe it's time to go up to the next. Okay, that makes sense. So self-care and then, and then challenge. And what else? So if you're finding yourself burned out or not energized for a particular day, ah, 
Something else you might really uh, examine is the relationships that you were existing that day, right? So existing, for, yes. So the, who are you with that day? Okay. So perhaps it wasn't anything particularly about you, but it may be that you were engaging with individuals who had some, were dealing with really difficult issues. Uh, it could even be, you know, someone that you know personally that you came across and you spent some time with them and they had some uh, negative energy around them. Mm -hmm. We are energy beings and okay. we pick up negative energy from other people. So sometimes it's not even yours. Okay. Well, it's true. You know, I, I remember I, there was a manager who <laughs> remained nameless and, and he was pretty competent, you know, pretty sharp guy, good at solving problems, figuring things out, which is what consultants are supposed to do. But I remember he said that he got the feedback from a partner that when you enter a room, people need to be more calm instead of more anxious. And I was like, man, that partner did you a solid. That was fantastic feedback for you because that's exactly how I feel whenever you enter yes, this room. Right. I'm like, it's, it's a little bit kind of stressful. And he just kind of made a joke about it. So I wrote on my sheet, I need to enter more stressed rooms. Like, haha. But it's like, no, really, that's, that's a great feedback because I, I do pick up on that. And I, and I think maybe some people are probably more prone to pick up on that stuff than other people are prone to pick yeah. up on that stuff. And I'm thinking about Myers-Briggs thinkers, feelers. Feelers. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Feelers are very sensitive to the energy of other people. Mm -hmm. And I've actually read a statistic where feeling types feel their feelings 10 times more than everyone else. No kidding. Yes. <laughs> 10 times. 10 times. So I could, you know, crack a joke, Pete, at you. Let's say you're a feeler. I don't know if you okay. are. I'm a feeler. Guilty. Yes. yes. Okay. Me too. Uh -huh. So if I were to crack like a, let's say a sarcastic joke about your shirt. Mm -hmm. To most people who aren't feelers, they wouldn't care at all. But a feeler would actually, you know, that would hurt. That would sting. Uh -huh. You might be able to put on the straight face like it didn't bother you at all. But to a feeler, you're going to walk away and that's going to deplete your energy and you're going to go through your day. And if 10 people made a comment about your shirt, you're going to feel, you know, you're not in your genius zone. Yeah. Okay. And Pete, I'm telling you, your shirt's great. Okay, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> it was just an example. <laughs> oh, no, thank you. I appreciate that. I, well, I was like, clearly it's not this year because it's, <laughs> it's a great one. <laughs> Fascinating. So I'm, I'm working with that a little bit. So tell me then, what are some other things we could do maybe to protect or maintain the, the genius zone and, mm. and to be there most often? So it seems like one thing is if you have the capacity to avoid... I guess a, a dose of negativity, criticism, nervousness, kind of coming off of other people, you know, try to do it. Yeah. Uh, what else can we do to, to stay in the groove? Well, so even what you just said brought me to another very important point. There, I know that you have an audience that's more in the early stage of their career. Right. And so I have a warning for them. I'll, I'll take the sure. We'll take it. A warning about my generation. So I'm, no, I'm I never know <laughs> where the dividing line is. So I'm turning 40 this year. Well, so you don't I'm, look it. Yes. Oh, thank you, Pete. <laughs> so I'm at the level of the executive, right? The executives that you're going to be working with in your companies. Mm -hmm. And uh, I have a lot of friends who are executives and in power positions. Um, and so I know what's sort of going on in their minds and where I see this generation is different than the younger millennial generation is that when we went to work, we had this mindset of just suck it up and take it. Mm. 
Okay. Right. There were there were a lot of negative things going on in our work environments. There was sexual harassment. There was racism. There was this sense of just work endless, endless, endless hours and get the output out there. Uh, there was this sense of I am the boss and I just want you to get done what you're meant to get done. These were like energies around the work that we were doing in our workplace as we were coming up where these millennials are coming up now. And so this group of millennials I find amazing because they're not the suck it up and take it mindset. They really are free spirited and they want to do good work, but they also want balance in their life and they Mm -hmm. want to be appreciated for the work that they're doing. So one of the things I find important to understand is where this older generation might be coming from. And we might bring to you this sense of, well, just do this because this is what I need you to do. This is your job and you're paid for it. That's right. Or execute. That's right. And that doesn't mean that's everybody in my generation. There are companies that are in this conscious capitalism mindset that are really designed to be more collaborative and healthy environments that want the young voices to be heard, that it's more of a bottom-up approach. Uh, My brother's an executive at Google. That's totally how they do it. So if you're in an environment where, or if you're in an environment, or if you have one or two people in your uh, professional life that have this sort of mindset, like like you just said, this is your job, I'm expecting it of you, it might have you stray from your genius and think, well, I just need to do what is my job. And yeah, get your job done. Be successful as you can in the moment. But know that this is what's possible for you to know your genius and then be able to go out and be marketable with those skills that you really have. Don't let that generation, based on their mindset, squash what truly wants to come out of you in your work. Yeah, that's true. That It's an interesting notion and millennial I don't even know I don't even know if I am a millennial I'm 32 I think I'm on the border-ish and as sort of as I get a little or bristle a little bit about kind of like generalizations about generations at all but I think those those who critique the, that sort of millennial tendency is like oh I want to do this creative you know live my you know, dreams passion values genius world set we'll, we'll kind of label them as as just well you're lazy you know, because right. you're because you're not a toe in the line, and and I think it's what's interesting is there's a little bit I think of a of a need to do some stuff you don't like for a period of time. Now, what's the exact period of time? I don't know. In order to get to the stuff that's awesome, and I, I think that's that's another part of the of the equation. I hear what you're saying, and what I'm wanting to give as the warning is don't let that squash what you really want to do. That's where the clients are walking into my office in their 40s and 50s, and they've totally let go, forgot about what mattered to them. Mm. So it's keep that balance. And if you find you're in a company that it really doesn't match for you, it doesn't feel like you're getting what you want there, keep learning what your genius is because that will make you marketable for the company that really does want to value what you do. I see. And do you have any kind of pro guidance on just sort of how long is an appropriate amount of time to kind of just bear down and, and, and take it as, as you're kind of growing, learning cutting your teeth, getting set up versus, no, this is a long, this is fundamentally unworkable for your kind of situation and where you need to be. Yeah, that's a great question. I would say one of the best 
things that any professional can do is build a great relationship with your own inner compass, with your gut, Mm -hmm. to know when something works for you and when it doesn't. And it's really based on a comfort level. Does this, you know, am I going to work? And for most days, does it feel good? Am I enjoying myself? Am I being stimulated? Am I doing work that I enjoy? Or for most days, is it feeling, uh, at worst, toxic? If Mm -hmm. you're in a toxic work environment, work on your exit strategy. Like like there's just genuinely nasty human beings all around you. Just like... Work on your exit strategy. Yes, Mm -hmm. if that's the case. But if it's about the work itself not working for you, then that's where you want to listen to your gut. Because to your point, you may be getting groomed for something you don't necessarily understand yet. Mm-hmm. So one of the great things that I've, I've heard Steve Jobs, the founder of Apple, say about your career, and I coach with this a lot, is that you never know going forward how the dots are going to connect, why you did this in your career, why you did that in your career. But you always know when you're looking back, like, wow, I can't believe how all those things connect. Oh, That is lovely. Yeah. And so this is where I'm saying if you trust your gut, so your gut knows where you're supposed to go. It has all the information about your destiny, your highest self, what you're supposed to do. And if you listen to the gut and if it's saying, stick this out, it's not the right time. Stick this out. It's not the right time. I do this with clients all the time. I have clients who are in unhappy jobs. And Mm -hmm. that's always my coaching is what do you know inside of yourself? Take some time. Get quiet. Pray, do whatever it is you do. Go to a yoga class, do yoga for two weeks and see what you start to, what starts to emerge. What do you know? What's your wisdom? And that's really the best way to know because it's not a, it's a case by case analysis. Okay. Thank you. So, so now I'm curious to hear a little bit more kind of day in, day out sort of tactics, whether that's in terms of in your, between your own two ears, like how do you manage your, your brain so that you're, you're staying in the groove and, and being a genius or just in terms of sort of best practices in terms of, of things that make the difference for you to stay in the groove as long as possible. Yeah. Uh, so play is really important. Okay. Do tell. Yes. So play in two senses. One, um, in balancing your life with playfulness. So you have your work life. Um, but also make sure you're doing things that are playful with your friends in your own time. Uh, things that feel just like they're for the purpose of having a good time, for joy, because we, what happens is we spend this time, we're using our mental energy for work. We need to let our mind relax. We need to let that go so we can come back fresh to our work. It's mm-hmm. super important. I am a workaholic in recovery, and this mm-hmm. has been a journey for me to learn. But what I have seen is that if I just try to plow straight through, and and yes, we all have projects where you just need to like hunker down for a week. And I'm not talking about that. I'm talking generally in the balance of your life. Insert some playtime so that each day you come back more fresh and rejuvenated and in your genius zone. Okay. Now, is there any play? This is almost like contrary to the nature of play trying to optimize it but i'm gonna is there any play that is is extra beneficial because i think some people play think of play like oh yeah i'm gonna you know grab some drinks with the friends and, and maybe yes. that's exactly what you need pete you've asked like the million dollar question okay well, are thanks. you ready that's, that's what i do yes okay <laughs> so one of the things that you said uh a few minutes ago was when there are the things you do in your spare time that you don't make any money at and then there's the things you make money at right well the the most like golden prize to all of us is to get paid for what we love doing. 
right? Oh, yeah. Isn't that what we all want? Okay. So the areas that you are now playing, use those as areas that might become the area for your career in the future. Okay. Let me give you an example. Thank you. When I was a lawyer and starting to feel this sense of, I think I'm supposed to do something else with my life. This isn't feeling right, but I have no idea what it's going to be. You don't have to be in that drastic scenario, but this is where I was and when I started asking these questions. So what I started to do was in my spare time, I started to do things that just felt like they would be enjoyable to me. I didn't have a lot of spare time as a lawyer, but this is what ultimately led to my next career. Mm -hmm. So what did I do in my spare time? One thing was I was always curious about charities. I'd never been involved in a charity, never had any exposure, but I wanted to do good for society in some way. I was particularly drawn to like women and children, and I just had no experience. Well, I found a nonprofit organization that was a boys and girls club in the Chicago area. And they, and I asked them, could I throw a fundraiser for you? I just want to try and see what this is like. I'll throw a party, I'll raise money. And they were like, of course. We'd like that. (laughs) Yes, we'd like that. So I I, I grabbed a friend, asked her to do it with me. And I threw a fundraiser, Uh, had a good time doing it, learned how to raise money. What does it take? Uh, You know, strategy and all that. But it was a good time. It was this, this was a play project for me. Something else that I did, just based on what I wanted to do. I uh, was interested, at the time I was a lawyer, there wasn't a lot around bringing women together professionally. And so Mm -hmm. I started a dinner group of women in different careers. They were all women I knew, so they could invite other women. And once a month, we'd get together for dinner. It was about networking and connecting and how can we help each other and what can we do to be supportive. And then one other thing that I did, again, just because I wanted to, because it felt playful, was I put on a seminar for women, and it was about specifically the mother-daughter relationship and deepening that, because that was something that mattered to me. But I had the experience producing a seminar. So when a friend of mine and I were sitting down having drinks one night, she starts telling me about this organization, Step Up Women's Network. They are a charity organization. They are about empowering women and and girls in low-income communities. They put on seminars. They do workshops. They're about women networking and connecting with each other. It was this light bulb moment. I was like, oh, my goodness. I had just been playing and spending my time doing all those things. I can now apply for that job and put all of that on my resume. I did. All right. And I got the job. Congratulations. Yes. So the idea is you can, yes, play now in what feels joyful to you and know that somehow that may actually be enhancing your career. Okay. That's a good tip. Thank you. Well, you dropped a great quote there, and this might be a good time to transition over to the the fast faves. I'd like to start. Do you have a favorite quote, or is that it? Did Albert Einstein just nail it? Uh, That's definitely one I use when I'm talking about genius. I have another one uh, by Steve Jobs. And he said, have the courage to follow your heart and intuition. They somehow already know who you are meant to become. And this goes back to something I said earlier, which was about if you follow your gut, if you get in tune with that, it's going to guide you where you need to go. You may not totally understand it from a rational level, but this is wise, wise wisdom from a man who has done incredible things. All right. And could you share with us a favorite study, maybe a piece of research or an experiment that you find yourself thinking about or citing repeatedly? Yeah, so I've seen a lot of different statistics on this, but the statistic around uh, how many people are actually happy at work. 
I've seen the, I've seen the Gallup engagement statistic work. What, what, what should we know? So, well, I've seen it range from either the number of dissatisfied people are somewhere between 70 and 50%. And that's the United States worldwide? That's the United States. Okay. Yes. Yes. And that's with this idea of genius, something that I'm really trying to have an impact on. Because if you're working in your genius, you will enjoy and love what you do. And how about a, a favorite book? I have so many. I'm kind of a book nerd. Um, so I, I thought about what to recommend for your audience. When I was starting out in my career, one of the great books I loved was Pour Your Heart Into It by Howard Schultz. He's the guy who started Starbucks. Okay. And it's a great book about finding that passion within you and letting your career be driven by who you really are and what matters to you. It's really an inspirational story. What I'm reading right now, almost done with, is Big Magic by Liz. Liz Gilbert. She's uh, definitely an idol of mine. She's the woman who wrote Eat, Pray, Love. Mm-hmm. And this book is particularly about creativity and opening that up, whether your creativity is writing, drawing, uh, painting, but, but knowing that we are all creators and finding our ways to tap into that fearlessly in our lives. Mm-hmm. And how about a, a favorite website or online resource? So favorite podcast these days is Optimize by Brian Johnson. I love optimizing. Yes. <laughs> It's your thing, Pete. <laughs> Have you heard of this podcast yet? I, I think I've seen the graphic. I've clicked it. I haven't listened to a full episode. So what he does is he takes big books, big concepts, and he distills them down into five minutes or 20 minutes, often has on the uh, authors, writers, uh, thought leaders on these topics. But what's great is it's like you take – you may not have time to read that whole book, but you get the five-minute nuggets that, that he's going to give you in the oh, segment. Lovely. Yeah, so that's that's one. And then any good TED Talk, really. I love these concepts of optimizing, really, distilling down the information to the most important parts. Mm-hmm. And how about a, a favorite habit or regular practice of yours that's really made a difference? Prayer. All right. Amen to that. I'm down. How about favorite tools? Any gadgets, software, hardware, thinking frameworks? So a new tool just showed up. It's an extension for Google Chrome, which I don't really use Uh extensions, but this one's super cool. It's called Pocket. And so one of the problems, it solved a problem I had. One of the problems I have, people are always sending me websites. Hey, look at this article. Hey, look at this TED Talk. You know, I see something on Facebook and I want to, you know, read it, but I can't read it right now. Mm -hmm. If you hit the Pocket button on on the Google Chrome extension, then it puts it in a catalog for you. You don't have to do anything at all. It just goes right into this this place on the internet that's storing all of the things you want in your pocket. Oh, I get the name now. It's yes, perfect. yes. <laughs> so Pocket. And then my other new favorite one is Audible, which, right. yes, is the way to now listen to books through Amazon. Um, and I'm finding that I'm finishing books this way. Oh, that is good. That is good. I also like the Amazon Kindle Fire, which can narrate the books to you it's it is a robot oh and not, no so it's, it's a robot it voice does, really? it doesn't sound like a robot voice but it, it is it's an algorithm as opposed to a human being so okay. it's not as good but it's hmm. it helps me get the books done as well so okay, that's great. cool how about a favorite uh, truth bomb or sort of nugget that when you share people start nodding their heads taking notes retweeting Yeah, so great question, and I need to start tracking this, but I can tell you the subject matter. Like, it's always when I talk to people about trusting their own wisdom. Clients are always like, oh, I was talking about you, and da-da-da-da, or oh, I saw this person, they were talking about this thing, and it's always about trusting your own gut. Okay, and tell us the favorite way to find you 
in terms of, is it email, Twitter, website? What's the way to get you? Yeah. So on Facebook, you can find me at The Genius Guru. And also my website, GinaMarada.com. Go there, sign up for my weekly email. I do send out tips on discovering your genius. I'm always putting out more information on that so that you can tune in more deeply. Oh, thank you. And how about a favorite to challenge or call to action parting word? Yeah, so uh, I would offer to the audience, uh, on my homepage, on my website, there is a button, the do-it-yourself Finding Your Genius Daily Practice. And if you really want to discover what yours is, I have four magical questions that uh, become something you can compile data if you just ask yourself every day these four questions. It'll take you 10 minutes, Mm. and it will help you get a deeper understanding of what your genius is. Oh, boy. That's, it's, you know, you did it. You did it. Compiling data about your genius. It's, it's fun. I, I think it was so great to have you because, you know, sometimes I'm sort of like hard nose, give me the tactics, give me the data. And you're, you're very, you know, heartwarming sort of a vibe. And so as a perfect finishing note, four questions. Yeah, I'm legit now. Yeah. <laughs> four questions about feel good heart stuff. Then I'll be to compile data. Yes. Perfect marrying. So, Gina, thanks so much for appearing here. It's been a lot of fun, and I wish you all the best. Thanks, Pete. Been great being here, and I wish you wonderful luck with this podcast. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye. Well, I hope you enjoyed that piece from Gina as much as I did. And to check out some of these pieces referenced in a handy visual format, visit awesomeatyourjob.com slash EP4. That's the letters E-P and then the number four. Thanks for joining us for today's episode. To get the most out of this conversation, visit awesomeatyourjob.com to find today's show notes, transcript, and infographic summary cheat sheet. For more entertaining professional skill sharpening, be sure to subscribe to catch the next episode of How to Be Awesome at Your Job.